The word fear invokes all kinds of thoughts. Uh, the first thing that comes to your mind, you know, and this year we've been talking about faith over fear. Some things we're not going to be afraid of. And I remember sitting right there in that seat in the choir, somewhere mid-section, because the building was so full a few years back, Pastor. We had a guest here. And I know the man meant well, but he said something that really jarred me and I felt a thousand eyes on me at the same time. He said, we really don't need to fear God. And I felt the wind go out of my uh, chest for a moment. Because I really believe this is a subject that is uh, very misunderstood and yet so crucial as to uh, why we're not experiencing the overflow of God's blessings in our generation and in our culture and in our churches. And the word fear, as it relates to the fear of God, uh, is a very important subject matter. You all know this, but as the transition takes place and we're getting closer and closer to it, um, the Lord has called me to a work of travel. And, um, and we'll be gone some in the future days, calling churches to authentic renewal and revival. You may know someone that's a part of a church that is struggling to stay alive. Uh, hardly anybody's coming. When you go, it's like death in the room, not what we felt and experienced today. And it's so tragic. And this is all over the, all over the world right now. There is almost a, uh, a dearth of healthy congregations. That's not to toot our horn. We know that it could be that way tomorrow here if we get our eyes off of Jesus. Uh, but the bottom line is, I'm praying, Lord, show me, am I missing something? You know, do you remember in 19 when we had that great outpouring of the Spirit, when uh, we had the big eight-day meeting and the Lord moved in our church in such a supernatural way? Well, that's our burden, to live in that uh, element of revival. And Lord, what are we missing? And I'm preaching on subjects like honesty and humility and repentance and faith and challenging these churches but there was something missing, and I'm crying out to God. And one day, while I was praying, the Lord took my heart to a verse I'm gonna, we're going to look at this morning in Psalm 85. And here's what it said. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. Now listen. For He will speak peace unto His people and to His saints, and let them not return again to folly. And then He said this. Surely His salvation, His deliverance, His blessing... His outpouring is nigh, near. Them that, what? Fear Him, that glory may dwell in the land. In other words, before there's going to be the glorious presence of God, there must be a fear of God. And many of us believe, most people see, that there is so little fear of God in our culture. Sadly, even in our churches. Over 300 times in God's Word, do we see the Scriptures referring to the, the fear of God. So I want to give you an attempt to give you a couple of definitions on the fear of God. And then we're going to open our Bibles and look at a few verses in the Old Testament and a few verses in the New Testament. And the Spirit of God is going to quicken truth to your heart this morning and to mine. And we're going to become more and more aware of this important fact of our worship toward God. Let me give you the first part is the, the way, if I were to ask you to define the fear of God, here's the way most of you would respond. You would say fear, the fear of God is the awesome awe, 
A-W-E, like we sang about a moment ago, and reverence of God. It's the awe and reverence of God. It's that, the positive side. It's, it's worship. Most people define the fear of God as, as the awe and reverence of God. <clears throat> because I uh, haven't seen God as my enemy. And many of you haven't either. Because I love Him, I've neglected to see the other side of the fear of God. And I, I have to confess to you that, that I tend to, to focus more on the, the positive side because I love Him and I want to see Him in His glory and on that side. But there's a total different side, two facets of this subject of the fear of God. Listen to the second one. It's the dread and terror of God. Now, I'm not talking about a child trembling in the fear of his abusive father. No, not at all. But rather, I'm talking about the fear and dread for a lost person of denying him and spending eternity in hell. I'm talking about, for a believer, listen to this, I'm talking about the fear of disappointing him. The fear of being disciplined by him. All through the scriptures we see this. But that second side of it is harder to see. In fact, <clears throat> in the country here, when a big storm comes, maybe there's a tornado coming and there's thunder crashing and, and, and there's a storm coming. Do any of you remember your mother or your grandmother saying, sit down, be quiet, and reverence God? I see some heads nodding in the room. That was true. There was an element of that taught in the previous generation that I fear we're not teaching our children. And young people, I'm not sure you've heard a great deal of this. Our students and our children need to be aware of the awesomeness and the holiness and the justice and the might of Almighty God who is seated on the throne this morning in heaven. And in thinking through this subject, I, <clears throat> I almost had neglected, frankly, the second side of the terror and dread of God. Now, wait a minute. I can almost hear some of you speaking through in your minds. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. God is a God of love. Well, of course He is. Absolutely He is. But you can't take away His holiness and His justice and His righteousness when you embrace His love. He is both and not one or the other. And in looking at this, until a culture recognizes God for who He is, until a church does, we won't come to Him with brokenness out of necessity and cry out to Him in our helplessness. So in looking at this subject, I had almost discounted the second side of it until I was sitting at a meal. I'll tell you who it was. It was that country preacher that was here a few weeks ago. Buddy C., S-E-A-Y, country is cornbread, sweet is sugar, Chadburn preacher. And I was talking to him, I was talking through this, and I said, you know, I don't see God as an enemy. He said, well, no, he's not your enemy. I said, but I also don't see much of the fear, uh, of the terror of God in my life. I, I don't live in, in, you know, dread of God other than disappointing him. I said, I don't see much of that in our generation." I don't see much of that after the cross and Jesus and grace. He said, how about Acts chapter 5, Pastor? How about that moment in the church when Ananias walked in? 
knowingly defying God in His presence. By the way, did you know when we gather together, it's not a building, but it's a holy thing. When His body, the church, begins to gather, how we conduct ourselves when we gather is a holy thing. And in this moment, uh, Ananias walks into a gathering like that in a church that's alive with the power of the Holy Ghost and he stands there and boldly lies to the Holy Ghost in that meeting. Does anybody remember what happened to him? He dies. Within just a few minutes, his wife comes in, privy to the lie. She participates in it, does the same thing, and she dies. You say, that doesn't sound like a God of love. Oh, oh it is. He is a God of love, but He's also a God to be feared. Now, I want to unpack this, and I need the Holy Spirit, so I want to pray one more time to help us see that sweet spot of understanding every part of His of his nature, and this subject of the fear of God. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that you would so fill me with the Holy Ghost in this hour and you would take your word and from your word speak to your people. Lord, I pray that this, if this is what some of what we're missing, before we see you pour out your spirit, Lord, our pastor has been exhorting us to, to be in communion with you. Lord, this is a part of it. And then we can be in communion with each other in community. And then God, and only then, will we reach our community. So in the name of Jesus, I need your help, Lord, help me. And I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. I heard someone say, maybe this is the reason for our darkness today and our lack of revival. No fear of God. You watch the evening news watch the happenings all around the world and the, um, the things that are occurring in Canada right now and that are just on our doorstep. You see that this culture has no fear of God. Well, where do we find the answers? I'll tell you where we find them. We're Bible people. All scriptures given my inspiration was our passage this morning in the Bible study. And so let's go to the Old Testament. Look at Genesis chapter 3. And let me show you the first text that God really used in my life. And then we're going to turn to a few of them. And I'm, here's what I'm asking God to do. To take one or two of these and quicken them to your heart this morning. Just one or two of them. These are too many for everybody. But the Lord laid all these on my heart. And so we're going to go through the Word. Because some are going to speak to some. And some are going to speak to others. I want you to notice in Genesis chapter 3, in fact, we won't look there, but can I just remind you that in Genesis chapter 1 and in Genesis chapter 2, there is no mention of the fear of God. God is on the scene. He's creating man. Everything is good. He brings woman to man. There is no fear of God. They're walking with Him in the cool of the day. They are enjoying communion and fellowship with God. But the moment that they disobey God, and this is where the fear of God comes. You see, there's no fear in the garden. There's no fear of death. There's no fear of illness. There's no, there's no, by the way, it's the wrong kind of fear. There's no fear of animals. There's no fear of lack. There's no fear uh, of the anticipation of the unknown until after sin. And when they fall in sin, look at chapter 3 and verse 10. And he, Adam, said... To God, when he asked, where, where are you, Adam? Where art thou? Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. 
The first mention of the fear of God, watch this, comes after sin. And, and it's a healthy fear that we see at this moment, the fear of God. Now I want you to follow with me in your Bible from Genesis chapter 3. I want you to turn over to Exodus 18. And we're going to do this as quickly as we can. But we're going to kind of move through our Bibles. Exodus chapter 18 will be the next reference. And then we'll go to Exodus chapter 20. And I just want you to notice, I don't have time to give you the context of each of these. You can go back later and look at them. Some of you will want to write them down. However, I just want you to see the number of times in the Old Testament that the fear of God is referred to. Exodus chapter 18, and look at verse 21. Listen to the beautiful sound of the Scriptures. Exodus 18, 21. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and so on. He's talking about the qualifications for a person to, to serve Jesus Christ. The fear of God is in that. Look at chapter 20, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 20. Exodus 20, 20. In this verse, uniquely, we see both the reverential awe side of fear, the fear of God, and we see the terror and dread. Look at verse 20. And Moses, Exodus 20, 20. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God, look at this, is come to prove you, and that His fear, now this is the healthy, reverential awe, A-W-E, amazement of God, may be before your faces that you sin not. No, the first fear, I'm sorry, in verse 20, fear not for God has come, is the, is the terror and dread. The second fear is the reverential awe, for His fear may be before your faces. Look then with me over to the book of Deuteronomy, Exodus, Numbers, uh, Leviticus, Numbers. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Notice verse 9. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 9. Only take heed to thyself, Deuteronomy 4, 9, and keep thy soul diligently lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Especially, look at this, the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, look at this, that they may learn to fear me. You know where fear, the fear of God, healthy, righteous, awe of God and respect and the terror and dread of God comes when we are in God's Word. God's Word, which is the purpose of our, what we're doing right now. Turn to Nehemiah over a few more pages. Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, then Nehemiah. Look at the book of Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter 1. By the way, the Word of God, good instruction was given yesterday for our families. I'm so proud of those of you that availed yourself of that. A large number of, of our families were present. Nehemiah chapter 1. Would you look at verse 11? O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants. Plural. 
who desire to fear thy name and prosper. Fear, the fear of God is associated with prospering. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Look over to Nehemiah chapter 7, just a few pages to the right. Nehemiah chapter 7. And look at verse 2. And by the way, would you stop for a moment right now and just ask God, Lord, show me truth. Teach me truth on the fear of God. Nehemiah 2, 7, or excuse me, 7, 2. Chapter 7, verse 2. That I gave my brother Hananiah, and Hananiah, the ruler of the palace, charge over Jerusalem, for he was a faithful man and feared God above many. Now turn over to the book of Job. Two books over. Esther, Job. Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Now I want you to be watching, because I believe the Holy Spirit is going to quicken at least one of these truths. At least one of these verses regarding the fear of God will be for you. Job chapter 1, look at verse 1, speaking of Job. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. That man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed or hated evil. We see the same truth in verse 8. Hast thou considered, the Lord said to Satan, my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man, an upright one, one that feareth God. And then verse 9, Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught or for nothing? Job was a man who feared God. Look at Psalm 85. Come over just another book to the right. Psalm 85. Really the scripture that inspired my heart to move to this subject for this season of revival. Psalm 85. Look at verse 8. I've memorized these verses. I challenge you to do it. Psalm 85, 8, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For He will speak peace unto His people and to His saints. Some of you in the middle of a trial right now, this week, we've heard everything from God's healing and His touch in people's lives to those who were given a hard report that it means heaven quite soon to those who were taken from us and are in the presence of God right now. In the middle of that, when you need peace, look at this truth. I will hear, verse 8, what God the Lord will speak. For He will speak peace unto His people and to His saints. That's us. Not only Israel, but us. But let them not turn again to folly. Surely, this is the truth, watch this. His salvation, that word means deliverance or blessing or renewal. His salvation is nigh or near unto them that what? Fear Him. The fear of God is so essential that glory, look at it, may dwell in the land. We won't have God's presence. We won't enjoy God's glory until we fear His name. Psalm 85. I'm hurrying now. Proverbs chapter 1. Over just a few pages. Proverbs chapter 1. Look at verse 7. Oh, I hope this church will always bring your copy of God's Word with you. And if you're not being exhorted by those pages turning, I don't know if you're saved or not. I'm enjoying this. I, I may do this more often just to get to hear all the pages turn. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. This is the key. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now look at Proverbs chapter 9. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 9. You can't have the fear of God as you ought and be a fool. Wisdom will come with a proper fear of God. Proverbs 9 verse 10. The fear of the Lord, this is great, is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Praise God. Look at Ecclesiastes over just a couple of books. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 where one of the wisest men, God identifies him as one of the wisest men who lived, said in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13. He summed it all up. He said, listen to the conclusion. Let let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. I don't feel led to do those last ones, but if you're writing notes, write down Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. And one more. Malachi chapter 3. Verse 16. I wonder if we'll go to that one in the 316 study. Malachi 316 and chapter 4, verse 2. Now let's turn to the New Testament. We know in the Old Testament God was to be feared. Well, what does the Holy Spirit, what will He say to us in the New Testament? Turn to Matthew, Matthew chapter 10. Verse 28, for one of the most sobering verses in all the Bible. The fear of God. Jesus is speaking, and I want you to listen to what He said. Did you know, by the way, for the record, that wrong kind of fear? We fear people. We fear Satan, if we're not careful. Ignorantly. We fear principalities and powers. We fear what's going on in the world. And in the culture, we fear how it's going to influence our children and the next generation. Some people don't even have children today for fear. Listen to what God said about fearing others as opposed to fearing God. Matthew chapter 10 verse 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear Him which is able to destroy both soul and body, in hell. Now turn to Luke. He's talking about God. Turn to Luke. Verse 1, or chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Just a few more scriptures. This is doing us good. We're being washed. The washing of the water by the word. Luke 1, 46. Oh, it's that sweet section where Mary's extolling the beauty of God and Jesus. And she says, Mary... Luke 1, 46 said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. Look down to verse 50. And his mercy is on them that, what? Fear him from generation to generation. Hey, you say, Pastor, I need God. I need his mercy. I need his grace. I need his wisdom. Then here's the answer. His mercy is on them that fear him. And not just in that day, but from generation to generation. Do you see that? Do you know why you're experiencing, some of you are experiencing blessings right now and you're enjoying God's goodness? I'll tell you why. You fear God. 
God can honor you as you fear and honor Him. Look at the next passage, Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Stay with me now. I can tell by the listening of it. You ain't, everybody ain't turning like they were. Sneaking up. The, they'll be bringing their phones next time, Lord. Don't do it. Acts chapter 9. These are so powerful. Verse 31. Acts 9, 31. Scripture says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified. Here it is. Talking about a church. God, let this be our church. Walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. That's when the blessing comes. When we're walking in the fear of the Lord. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm going to move a little faster over these last few. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says this. By the way, if you can't get to all of them, do every other. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness. You want to be holy? In the fear of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Over just a few pages. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21. Speaking of the church and the family. Ephesians 5.21 Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Philippians, over just a couple more pages. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. Philippians 2 and verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, Philippians 2.12, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out. And that doesn't mean you figure it out. It means let it work out of you. Work out. Don't just keep it in. Work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians over just a couple pages. Chapter 3. In verse 22. Colossians three twenty-two. Servants. Obey in all things your masters. This has to do with your vocation, who you work for, according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. The best employees are those who fear God. Hebrews chapter 10. We're winding down. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 29. Boy, this is a solemn verse. Hebrews 10, 29, Of how much sorer punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing. Can you imagine anybody showing that kind of disrespect and insult? And hath done despite or insulted the Spirit of grace. Look down to verse 31. It is a fearful thing, to fall into the hands of a living God. Now the revelation, and I'm finished. Revelation 15. Revelation chapter 15 and verse 4. Do you love the Word of God? 
Does the Word of God bring conviction to you like it does to me? Does it bring a nearness to God? Revelation 15, 4, Who shall, who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. And finally, Revelation 19 and verse 5. Last verse. Talk about worship. Can't fear, you can't worship without fearing God. Revelation 19 and verse 5. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye His servants, and ye that fear Him, both small and great. By the way, did one of those scriptures find a place of lodging in your heart? Did one of them grab your soul? Too much maybe to grasp all of it, but did at least one of those passages. You see of this second phase, the dread and terror of God, I said, Lord, I need a personal word from you. Would you show me a scripture that would be easy for me to understand the differentiation between the kind of fear I'm not supposed to have of things out here, fear of the enemy, fear of others, and the healthy fear, the fear of God. Lord, would you show me? And I want to show you one verse that God is blessing me with right now, and it's 1 John 4, 18. You don't even have to turn there. I'll tell you what it says. Perfect love does what? Cast out. Perfect love cast out fear. What? In other words, fear has to do with punishment. You girls remember... Uh, your mama saying to you sometimes, hey, okay, you did it. You wait till your daddy gets home. You remember feeling that, going to your room and dreading, and when the time just goes so slow, because your daddy's going to give you a spanking when he gets home. Boy, oh boy, you know, that fear. Fear has to do with punishment, but I want you to listen to this statement. It's really good. Whosoever fears, if you're a person that lives in fear, you haven't understood and received his perfect love. Listen to this statement. It's a quote. God doesn't want us to cower like slaves in the household where children should be enjoying sweet peace in their, in their father's care. God doesn't want us to cower like slaves in the household where the children should be enjoying the sweet peace of their father's care. Stop cowering in fear that you might not be saved. The wrong kind of fear needs to go out the window. And a healthy fear of God, which includes a reverential awe and a terror and dread of disappointing Him and being disciplined by Him. Let me tell you something. Some people spend their whole life fearing that they're not really saved. There's either one of two problems with that. Number one, if you really are saved, the enemy's trying to help you be so miserable with it that you can't have any joy along the way. If you ever came to faith in Jesus Christ, if as an old sinner you came and asked Him to forgive you of your sin, and He came and washed your sins away, then your life has been changed by the power of God. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means your name's written down and you are God's child. Don't let the enemy rob you of that with unhealthy, ungodly fear. Or the other side of that is, maybe you prayed some little prayer, turned over a new leaf, but you never really got born again. You know what, right now when I say that, the Holy Ghost is jumping up in somebody's heart and saying, all you've done is tasted of it. <clears throat> Did you know there's a difference in tasting something? and partaking of it. You know what we got at home right now? 
This morning, I saw her in there cutting little, little what we call dumplings. She boiled the chicken last night. Broth, bubbling, flavor, wafting through the house. She'll pour in that evaporated milk to make it extra creamy. It's one of my favorite dishes ever. Put in the dumplings. They're sitting there soaking right now. I need not be in a hurry because I want to have plenty of time to capture all the flavor. She'll fire it up and put the little pieces of dark meat chicken. Wait. Oh, yes. Put that white meat in there. It's hard to chew. It's, it's stringy. Put the dark meat in there. That's what I have looking forward to to me when I get home. Lord, where was I going on that story right there? I know it had something to do with this text. What? Taste, taste. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> now you see why we're making a transition here? Your mind just wanders and goes. <laughs> hey, it's one thing for me to go in there and dip my spoon down in there and just taste it. It's another thing for me to go down in it like a front-end loader, which is what I'm going to do, and take it and receive it into my body. Hey, if you've received Jesus Christ, you have come to Him in faith. He's forgiven you and washed you. Then the Holy Ghost lives in you and He's bearing witness right now letting you know, yes, son, you are saved. Yes, daughter, you are saved. And if you're not and you're living with fear, it's time for you to get that settled this morning. I wouldn't wait another minute. I'm almost done now. Stay with me. Perfect love cast out fear. Boy, because I have experienced His perfect love and my salvation, and every day as I pray the gospel prayer, it casts out that old fear, but it still doesn't give me the proper fear of God that I need to have. God help me with that. Before I sum up this truth in just a statement or two, I want to say something to you. Most, many presume that the world or our enemy Satan is the ultimate threat. I know people that wring their hands, they're scared to death of their circumstances, of the devil, of this culture. But I want to tell you something, I want you to listen very carefully to me. God is far scarier than Satan. He has control over him. You know, for those who don't know him, I would be frightened of denying him and going to hell forever. But for those of us who believe, listen to this. I, I have fear of disobeying Him. I know He loves me. I know grace. I know He will forgive. But I don't want to disobey Him. I don't want to defy Him. I don't want to disappoint Him. I don't want to be disciplined by Him. He's too special. He's too wonderful. He's too holy. Do you see this? So I want, to, and I want you to join me, to run to Him and love Him and to fear Him with the kind of love that casts out fear. I don't have time to give you these four thoughts. I didn't in the early hour and I don't now. So I'm not going. I'm going to let the Word speak. I think some of us are recognizing we need a holy, renewed fear of God. And maybe God's just waiting on that before He brings the glory in, Pastor. 
But I'm going to list them for you for those of you that make notes and want to look at these scriptures. Just four things that are true of the fear of God. Number one, the fear of God means wisdom. You remember what Proverbs 9, 10 says? That the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. You want to be wise this year? The fear of God, that's where it starts. Number one, it means wisdom. Number two, it marks your worship. The fear of God, you can't worship if you don't fear God like you ought to. In both the dread, terror, and the awe and reverence. Revelation 15, 4 says that. It marks our worship. Number three, it gives meaning to and marks a consecrated life. It gives meaning to and warrants a consecrated life. Remember Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7? By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, built an ark to the saving of his house. Your life, look, being a holy man or a woman, in order for that to happen, we must have a healthy fear of God. You know something, these children around here, I watch them. Some of them are very, very well behaved. You know why they are? They have a loving respect for their mom and dad, and they have a little terror and fear for what their tail's going to get if they don't act like they ought to. Now that's a Sampson County illustration right there. Number four, and I'm done. The fear of God not only means wisdom, it not only marks our worship, it not only mean, gives meaning to and warrants a consecrated life, Hebrews eleven seven, but it manifests a way of glory. It manifests a way of glory. It brings us to the glory, Psalm 85, 8 and 9. We've already been there. Surely His salvation is not in them that fear Him, that glory may dwell in the land. Hey, I'm not the only one in this church that loved the movie, really the book before the movie of uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. But I couldn't help but remember this little scene. The two little girls. Do y'all remember the little girls in the Chronicles of Narnia? What are their names? Lucy and who? Susan, yes. We remember them. Let's see if you remember this scene. By the way, if your kids haven't seen that movie or haven't read that book or you haven't read it to them, shame on you. Listen to this. These two little girls, Susan and Lucy, are getting ready to meet Aslan, the lion who represents Christ in this little allegory. When two talking animals, by the way, what kind of animals are they? Beavers, yes. Mr. Beaver, Mrs. Beaver are preparing the girls to see Aslan, the lion, who represents Christ. Ooh, said Lucy, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? When she found out he was a lion. I feel nervous about meeting a lion. To which Miss Beaver responds, that you will be nervous. If anyone can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they are either braver than most or else just silly. Lucy says, then isn't he safe? Mr. Beaver speaks up and he says, don't you hear what Miss Beaver is telling you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. This God of ours, He's not safe. He's not for you to drag down on your level. He's not for you to water His Word down and say, no matter what it says, we're going to do what we want to do in our house. 
people know he is holy and righteous. He demands all. Father, I preach what you've laid on my heart. This truth, Lord, I will sound in churches this season. But in your name, in the name of your Son who went to the cross for us, I pray right now the dear Holy Ghost will bring conviction to every heart, including mine, that have taken for granted or gotten a little neglectful and soft on not only your reverence and your awe, but on your terror and your dread. I pray, Lord, we would see sinners, people who we love, who live in our homes, in our families, in our community, being cast away forever into hell. I pray we would see this loving God of ours that we adore so much and not want to disappoint Him or, or deny Him or halfway serve Him or be disciplined by Him. And I pray, God, in that we would love You and worship You at a higher level than ever before as we are a people who fears our